So Thursday was Ascension Day, which is a pretty big holiday, or not holiday, a, a, a day to remember uh, in the Christian church. Um, so Thursday, May 13th was the day of Ascension, the day that Jesus went up into the clouds in front of all those witnesses. Um, and, uh, and you know what, this story does actually not get enough attention. Uh, just like as we're covering the, the role of women uh, and how they're not given enough attention in Scripture. Um, in fact, uh, some people don't want them to get attention. We just had some interesting individual post on YouTube comments of uh, and, uh, against what I'm about to share with you. It's like, okay, bye, delete. So here, here's the cool part. Here's the highlights of what we remember, the 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 big milestones in Christ's story. First, the birth is obviously huge. The baptism is huge. The death is huge. And of course, we think the resurrection is the ultimate. But the ascension does not get attention. And that's what I learned this week. That, huh, we don't give it much attention, especially in the Western evangelical world um, that we I'm connected to and have been a part of. And that's what I grew up in. But we, we don't recognize what the ascension is all about. So here's something from the book of Acts. Acts 2 verse 33. Then God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of highest honor. And the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today. This is what you are seeing and hearing. So, to me, this is, this is the underappreciated uh, highlight, uh, the crowning moment of Christ's work, when he sits beside on the right-hand side of the Father, however that imagery works, uh, here it is. And we don't talk about it much. We just kind of go, yeah, he went to heaven, isn't that nice? But this is, this is a big one. So I thought I'd give a quick highlight of that today, and uh, maybe uh, next year we'll do a little more emphasis on that part of the story. I just thought it was really cool. Um, in fact, uh, I think my wife noticed a, uh, a Mennonite bakery and somebody else did too. I think I saw somebody else post the Sittlers in uh, um, Conestogo uh, was closed on Ascension Day. That's right. I thought, really? The Mennonites focus on that? And they do. That's kind of cool. So anyway, there we go. Let's get into this part of the story. Let's continue from last week. We covered a lot of people last week. I know it was Eve, Sarah, Rebecca, uh, Hagar, a whole bunch of women in Scripture that don't get enough attention. And... Usually on Mother's Day, I focus on one or two, and this year I thought, let's let's go through, let's let's talk through and remind all of us um, uh, a deeper understanding of this story uh, or the stories of women and and their role in Scripture. They're underappreciated, and unfortunately, in a male-dominated religious system, they don't even get a voice. And it's only been the last number of years that finally a, a voice comes, and so. I want to give highlight to that. I want to affirm that. Um, super, super thrilled that we can and have the freedom to do that. All right, so let's, uh, I'm not going to go through the list from last time, but let's see who is next. Jochebed. This is a very underappreciated mom in the Bible who showed fantastic faith in God. She is the mother of Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. All right, so let's let's kind of talk about this. Now, who's Jochebed? Well, you know the story of Moses, Charlton Heston, right? 
<laughs> um, but he, he, the story of Moses, the Ten Commandments movie. This is the part where Moses is uh, uh, put into the river, Nile River, and is set adrift in this little ark, which is interesting. It's like Noah's Ark in a sense. Um, so Miriam, the sister, the oldest sister, um, watched to see and made sure the baby was fine. Because, and here's why. Because the babies were being killed. The, the Egyptians were freaking out that they were multiplying like rabbits. <laughs> That's kind of what the joke was. And so uh, um, they, they were getting threatened by the population growth, so they tried to stunt the growth by killing all the baby boys. And yikes, and mamas are going to do what they can to protect their little ones. And so that happened. So they, uh, they put the baby in a, a small little ark uh, and floated on the river to keep it away because it would cry. I don't know. Very interesting uh, uh, story there. And then the baby was found by Pharaoh's daughter. Absolutely. Jochebed even be became her own son's nurse. So here's what happened. Uh, the baby is found by Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, Miriam's nearby. And uh, um, Pharaoh's daughter recognized it's a Hebrew and all this stuff. And then Miriam says, hey, shall I find a person to take care of the baby? She said, and then Pharaoh's daughter said, yes, that'd be great. And so she gets the mama, the actual mother. So here the mom gets to take care of her kid after all. And it's funded by the government. <laughs> it was absolutely awesome. Oh, my goodness. All the fun little twists. Uh, God uses Moses, this is the child, Moses mightily to free the Hebrew people from their 400-year bondage of slavery and take them to that promised land. She also gave birth to Aaron, the high priest in Israel. So uh, Moses and Aaron did a lot of stuff together, and you'll, that's part of the later uh, part of the story. But we, we can't forget Jochebed and what she had to endure and go through and the stress and the risk and a in a time of no hope. 400 years uh, and apparently they were supposed to be delivered I guess there were some prophecies that they had heard and rumbled about and and yet dead silence so if your culture your religion your people group hadn't heard from your deity in 400 years you'd wonder if that deity is real like seriously <laughs> I would oh my so Exodus 2, verses 1 to 4, it goes like this, or from that excerpt. Now a man in the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it, put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Interesting. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. So this is now the Pharaoh's daughter has, has uh, uh, seen it, found it, blah, 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 blah. And that discussion happened. So now we have this part in Exodus 2, 8 to 10. So the girl went and got the baby's mother, Pharaoh's daughter, and said to her, Take this baby, nurse him for me, and I will pay you. <laughs> <laughs> so the woman the the woman took the baby and nursed him when the child grew older she took him to the pharaoh's daughter and he became her son she named him moses saying i drew him out of the water really cool story if you've not uh dived into that story for a while that's worth rereading there's some pretty good stuff there for sure now we have the story of hannah 
Hannah is another very important mom who also doesn't get a lot of credit. And there's a bit of a pattern here of barrenness. And as I was going through the study, I realized that's a lot of barrenness that's highlighted in the scriptural stories, in the recorded stories. So for some that are barren today, it's, it's not an uncommon thing. They all hoped. Some give inspiration that, that there is an answer and a hope coming. So what does that mean? It says you're not alone. You really aren't. So here's the story of the mother of Samuel, the prophet. Now this Samuel played some pretty significant roles in the life of Israel, in the life of the, of the biblical narratives. Hannah, like several other women in the Bible, she was barren, didn't have any kids. Uh, the people of ancient Israel believed this, that a large family was a blessing from God. Infertility, therefore, was a source of humiliation and shame. And this is right through the scriptures. Uh, and in fact, I, I bet you there are still people groups today that believe the same thing, that the gods uh, are cursing you, you've done something bad, or you just you don't have favor from God. So, But if you've got lots of kids, then you have favor. Although... Some would say that's a curse. But anyway, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real thing here. <laughs> to make matters worse, her husband's other wife, okay, now we have double trouble. You got a couple spouses. That's awkward. But it happened in those days. It does, it does not mean it was approved by God, okay? It just means it was part of their culture. To make matters worse, her husband's other wife not only bore children, but taunted Hannah mercilessly. It's one thing to rub it in. I, we don't do that at, at all, do we? When we have something that somebody else doesn't, do we rub it in? Huh, sometimes we do. Hannah was praying so intently that her lips moved silently with the words she spoke to God in her heart. Now, she's at the temple praying now, all right? So this is, that's why this is noted, because she's there. And I think Eli's watching nearby. Eli the priest saw her and accused her of being drunk. She answered that she was praying, pouring out her soul to the Lord, touched by her pain. So th this, is, this is a really important part. So she's appearing drunk. I guess you're not allowed to do that. Mind you, listen, we have seen in our culture today, people that sure look drunk at church, all right, doing wacky stuff. And, and we call that drunk. Well, then they spin it. We're drunk in the spirit and all that terminology. I don't like the terminology. I know what they mean. Um, but listen, we need to give grace to the things we don't understand either. And we don't just write it off just because it's not your style. Well, here she is earnestly praying she's begging god please please for one this other lady is taunting me come on please wow what's going on eli answered go in peace and may the god of israel grant you what you've asked of him hmm. now it could have been anybody hey i bet you there are other people also praying a prayer like that there are other prayers of people being desperate for god and he probably said this to many people, go in peace may probably, it, listen, the, he may not have known everything that uh, her prayer request was. So he had a standard comeback line, likely. I'm just guessing, okay? Um, go in peace. May the Lord of God of Israel grant you what you've asked of him. <laughs> Next! <laughs> like, seriously. So on they go, and just another day, except something happens. 
After Hannah and her husband, Elikiana, returned from Shiloh to their home in Ramah, they slept together. Imagine that. Scripture says, and the Lord remembered her. Okay, really important sentence. In fact, some people, this could become your verse. You are not forgotten. That is, that is like almost the best line in the whole story. She became pregnant, had a son, and named him Samuel, which means God hears. Huh, it's funny how we name our kids. Some of us have named our kids, or uh, we know people who've named their kids specifically with a, a direct meaning. Uh, I remember going when Noah was born, um, we are going through all kinds of names and names we really liked. That'd be great. And... Uh, um, when we, I, 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 at least this is how I remember it. <laughs> Lori might say, no, it's not how it happened. It's fine. Um, but when we found out that the word Noah means to wander and then find rest, it clicked. Uh, or maybe we picked Noah and then we found out the meaning. I'm not sure. But uh, we had moved so many times during the time Lori was pregnant with Noah. It was a brutal year. That poor Lori and all she went through. Like, <laughs> It's just insane. And then to find rest. Uh, so Noah came and it was like rest to us. And uh, he's been a blessing. So of each of our kids, each one in their very special way. I love them all. God does hear. He hears. That is the message here. Hannah made a promise to God that if she bore a son, she would give him back to God's back for God's service. Somebody may say, well, what if it was a girl? Well, this isn't about gender per se. The culture back then had to do with the firstborn male um, of serving. It was just it was a very patriarchal system. Um, uh, that's what it was back then. So just in case you're wondering, it doesn't mean it was right. It just means that's how it, this is the recording of the story. So she said, hey, if, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Well, Hannah followed through. Like, seriously, she begged God for a son or a baby. Then she has one, and now she gives it away. Hannah followed through on that promise. She handed her young child Samuel over to Eli for training as a priest. That, uh, she probably went to the temple a lot more. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's pretty cool Like to, to think of the sacrifice, the agony, the taunting, praying for a child, getting a child, and then giving them up to the church. Oh, boy. That, that, by the way, this is, does not mean it's a pattern to follow, okay? Too many Christians have sacrificed their children for the sake of church and missions and, and sacrificed their families needlessly. Yeah, but so many people came to know the Lord. Yeah, but your, your kids are a mess. Like, it was all done for religious reasons. I think, I think the church has got a lot of introspection to do regarding stopping the child sacrifice thing in the way of doing it for the Lord. And uh, it's, it's just sick, just sick. Samuel grew up to become the last of Israel's judges. It's the first prophet and counselor to its first two kings, Saul and David. So it was Samuel who anointed Saul to become king, and then later David to become king. And I think we're getting into this. Uh, maybe not, not yet. But if I forget, um, Samuel was also the one who confronted uh, David when he slept with Bathsheba, had her husband killed, and they had a baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Samuel was the guy who took him on. So her son Samuel is listed in the book of Hebrews 11, verse 32, in the Faith Hall of Fame. If you remember last week, there were some women mentioned in that Hall of Fame as well. Worth going over and look. Just go through the list. Um, it'll surprise you. <laughs> in 1 Samuel 1, 26-28, And she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. Now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. What a sacrifice. Now what could that look like today? Can we learn anything from this? Yes, we can. It does not mean do what has just happened here where you give your kid away. Um, that's not what I see here at all. I, instead, I see the surrendering of our kids to the Lord and say, God, you've got their outcome. I'll focus on loving them, nurturing them, accepting them, and, and being a parent. Um, and then as they go, just continue support and encourage. That, the giving to the Lord part, that is so different. And... I remember many times just going through each of my kids' rooms at night. Lori didn't even know I was doing this a lot. But I'd, I'd just pray for them, each one specifically. Lord, this is your kid. Uh, you know, uh, we pray for their future. I pray for their future. And I, I prayed for Lori and I. That this, is, this is your child. Uh, let them know your love. That was our biggest prayer. My biggest prayer is may my children know your real love. Not the religious system, but may they know your love and that they know they're loved accepted and valued that's that's i still pray that for all three of my kids uh you can never stop praying that all right let's see who else we have mary mother of jesus <laughs> oh you hear people say that all the time mary mother of jesus well yes so here's here's probably the most honored mother in the bible uh the human mother of jesus uh, different church traditions, uh, set her on certain pedestals. Don't fight about it. Don't argue about it. All right. Uh, usually we argue from a perspective of ignorance. Uh, see, they worship her. They say prayers to her. Stop that. Like, yes, you, you probably hear that. And yes, that may be true, but do you really know the full history? I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, endorse. I'm saying stop fighting and pointing out the errors because there's just as many to point back at the system of faith you're in. There's lots to learn here. And Mary, she was innocent all the way through and she endured the worst. Uh, I, in fact, I saw, I saw a cartoon of, uh, three women on donkeys and Mary's in the middle and, uh, uh, she had a bumper sticker, Mother uh, of the Son of God, and the other women are saying, show off. <laughs> Just, it was funny. So here's, here is the most honored woman in the scripture. She suffered an enormous shame and pain, she, and yet she never doubted her son, ever, which is very interesting. So first of all, she's telling her soon-to-be husband, Joseph, uh, the baby I have, I, I didn't sleep with anybody. Like, honestly. That, that is unbelievable. Today, we would never believe anybody that says that. Like, even long after, the, but they seem so convinced. Well, you know what? Anyway, it's just, it's very interesting, the, the shame and humiliation she went through. But she also had a very loving husband who, after a divine intervention, was told, hey, she's telling the truth. 
And then he goes, yes, all right. And then he goes and marries her. And I think it's fantastic. The angel told Mary in Luke one twenty eight that she was highly favored by God. Well, it was a true favor. This phrase simply meant that Mary had been given much grace or unmerited favor from God. That's where we can get this definition of grace or one of the definitions of grace that uh, are floating around. Even with God's favor, Mary would suffer much. In Luke 1, Gabriel appeared to her and, and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Wow, can you imagine that? He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Huh. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Okay, really important. We forget that line right there. His kingdom will never end. This is huge. Let's go back for a moment to a, a dream I keep repeating from the book of Daniel. Um, Daniel interprets the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar, the one where the rock that comes from a mountain that's it's cut out without human hands, hits the statue, the statue disintegrates. Um, uh, and then that rock that came and hit and smashed that down grew. Most people forget this next line. It grew, except for everybody watching on Home Fellowship, because I keep reminding you of it. But the rock grows and fills the whole earth. All right? That is, the rock is Jesus. That is a prophecy of when Jesus was going to come. Daniel was given insight. All right? So now the rock has come at exactly the right time. And, and the kingdom has come. And his kingdom will never end. It'll cover the whole earth. And so we see this line here. This is from the angels. His kingdom will never end. Please don't forget the kingdom of God is here now. Seek first the kingdom of God. Look for it. What is it? It's in you. It's in me. It's in you. It's around us. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get. In, we'll have, a, have to do a sermon on what is the kingdom of God because we've heard some pretty wacky ideas of what it can be and what it isn't. So um, that'll, that'll be interesting. But that's for another day. In Luke 1, here's how she responded. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Hmm. Well, when you have an angelic being show up like that, at first you're probably freaked out, but eventually you quickly come around to realizing, oh my goodness, this is real, and then you submit to it. It's pretty cool. John 2, 1-12, this is where... Mama gets, this is the power of a mother, okay? Like, influence of a mother. Here's Jesus. His ministry hasn't started yet. All right? At least, that's what he's going to tell his mama. They're at this, at this wedding, and uh, they ran out of wine. Either they were drinking way too much, and it was not grape juice, okay? There was no such thing as non-alcoholic uh, juice back then. It just didn't happen. Uh, at least not not in the way we're joking about, where people are saying, they never drank real wine. Yes, it was real. It was super real. It was probably really good. And so here, they're at this wedding, ran out of wine, and Mary is there, the mother of Jesus. And she hears about it. And do you ever, like, ever seen a mama 
go to her boy or girl and say, you need to do this. You got to do this. <laughs> Wag the finger. <laughs> I, I think she went to Jesus and said, you got to do something. It's time. Like, show your stuff. I know who you really are. <laughs> and Jesus says, mama, it's not my time. And I, we don't know what was fully said. She could have said, I don't care. Do it anyway. Like, can you imagine? I'm your mama. <laughs> I brought you into this world. I can take you out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kidding. But here's the point. Here she is influencing an idea and inspired something that was going to happen. And Jesus said, my time is not now. But then I believe Jesus heard the whisper of God. It may not have been a few seconds ago. But now it's time. Two minutes later. Now it's time. And that's kind of how God tends to work. We think God's saying no to stuff. And at that moment, it's a no. And then he says yes. Or even worse, what if we hear a yes? And suddenly the answer is no. Ten minutes later. Well, then I didn't hear God right. No, you probably heard God just right. It's a lesson in hearing his voice. And I hope to the next series I want to do uh, is on prayer. I want, to, I want to talk through what is prayer, contemplation, and what can we really learn from that. So I'm hoping to do that. But here, Mary, did she pray to Jesus? You know, she just told him, I'm your mama. <laughs> and there she goes. Now we have Elizabeth. We're going to end with Elizabeth. I think this is the last one. Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist. So these, are, these two know each other, okay? They're cousins and all that stuff, whatever, however it works. But here's another barren woman, and her husband is a priest in the, in the temple, all right? So in her old age, she has no child, uh, and she has a miracle happen, which, well, if you don't know the story, you're going to find out just now. But like Hannah, before her, she dedicated her son to God. And like Hannah's son, they named him John, as the angel had commanded. And at the moment, Zechariah's power of speech, it returned. So here's what happened. An angel showed up and told Zechariah, you're going to have a kid, and he goes, <laughs> My wife's so old, there is no chance she can have a baby. And, and the angel said, for that, you're going to be mute. And boop, the mute button was hit, and he was given instructions. So when the baby is born, you're to call him John, but you won't be able to speak until that time. So he got some sassin from an angel. There he goes. And he comes out of the temple of the most important day of his life. Because... You only get a once-in-a-lifetime chance to go in the temple and do that, that special sacrifice that day. comes out mute. And obviously, he had seen something significant. And everybody who knew him understood this was real. Turns out his son is John the Baptist. This is John the Baptist. And he's the one who foretold the coming of Jesus. He is the one uh, who is described as the one going before him in the wilderness calling out. This is, the pro this is part of the prophecy of the coming of Jesus. Um, it was John who foretold the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Elizabeth was sad, but never became bitter because of her barrenness. She had an enormous faith in God her entire life. So just like, um, um, oh, no, I forget. Just like the other mom who gave her little one to Samuel to, to the, to the uh, temple, here her son became... Uh, a wild man out in the out in the desert eating locusts and honey and you know flower child like crazy stuff but this is who god was using and became super powerful it's a great story you got to read these stories if you haven't read them for a while they're great read them from several translations don't just trust one translation you're not going to get all of it
Um, here's some of the key verses. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. <laughs> when Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Holy smokes. Do you see what's going on here, folks? This, if you're not seeing this, all these male male-led churches and and where they refuse to let women have a voice they're, they're getting put in their place right here in this text it was a woman declaring the coming of the lord it was a woman who first met jesus it was john the baptist in her whose feet were kicking something was going on she had a revelation that it was the lord like all this revelation came first to women do not underestimate downplay put aside the role of women in the church male and female we're equal it should be equal i, I believe it should be according to giftedness doesn't matter what gender you are this is about your gift mix and how you serve love do be share <laughs> all right really important and i think jesus was the first women's lib person uh-oh we don't have time for Naomi, sorry. I'm going to go fast. There we go. We'll do Naomi next week. Um, next week's going to be fun. I was working on that a bit this morning, and I thought, oh, I can hardly wait till next week, too. <laughs> there's, some, there's some great stuff that uh, you're going to hear next week on how women's stories and mothers of, in the Scripture, how they impacted uh, people around them and how their story is recorded and shared for the rest of history. They're there for a reason, and I like it. I think it's great. All right, uh, let's see who else has chimed in here. Uh, we got uh, Saloma, good morning. Great to have you here. Um, Russ is talking about the song. Kurt, good morning. Uh, Cheryl, good morning. Great to see you there. Rahil, good morning from Pakistan. So we got a uh, number of folks from Pakistan watching, number throughout the U.S., and uh, the Burtons. Yay! All right. That's okay. You can rewind. And happy birthday, Ilza. That's so cool. Ilza, happy birthday up in uh, north of Barrie near in Tiny, Ontario. So it's literally the, the town's called Tiny. So happy birthday. Barb, hey, good morning. By the way, Barb, who just commented, she is a saint. She works in long-term care. I have watched her work. Oh, my goodness. Listen, these guys and gals need more shout-outs. They need more encouragement. I am... I see it. I see their exhaustion. They're drained. So pray for your long-term care people, emergency services people, hospital staff, workers, everybody. It's a really tough time. Um, Joy, again, thank you for your comment. And Paul from New Mexico, thanks for chiming in and saying hello where you're from. Um, Drew was mentioning earlier, it's amazing to hear where people are listening from. Um, 
It is. I I'm stunned and encouraged. Every comment, and I told another group that on Friday, every comment that shows up on this is an encouragement to me, big time, and encouragement to everybody that's hearing the comment or seeing it, because we're realizing this family is bigger than we ever thought. So thank you for all those comments. All right.